This is I Will Hunt. I'm your host, Rudy Getzig. I will be interviewing folks in my quest to learn how to hunt. I know I have a lot to go over, and you can learn with me. Listen in. Do I have what it takes? Will I hunt? I will hunt from the heartland to the shore. And I may not find nothing, and my rifle turns to rust. Fitting that we're out here in the uh, in the gun shop, and uh, I was driving over here, listening to uh, actually a mediator podcast, and, and they're sitting there talking about uh, hunting with different things. How do you look cooler? You know, uh, you're gonna look cool with the with the the black bow or the the, the camo bow bow and all that stuff. And uh, they're talking about uh, talking about rifles and stuff. And I was thinking. You know, I don't even know. We talked. We had a rifle episode, yeah, and we talked about you know your Cantrell outdoors and things, but we didn't really talk about all the different types of guns that you can use. Um, yeah, I mean, we did. We did talk about muzzleloaders, I guess, but um, a, a, a small bit, I think. But um, let's just go over some of them because one thing they brought up was the AR-15. I know that could be uh, a point of contention in uh, <laughs> oh, different, yeah. different, uh, oh, different yeah. strokes for different folks type of thing, but. Um, you know what? So where do you start with a gun? So, like, like let's let's take like low cal gun. Like, what do you what are you using that for? What are you hunting for? And what what styles? So, for instance, the uh, we were just in the in the gun room there, and I was showing you like some AR style AR platform. Let's call it AR platform. So there's two different AR, two different AR platforms. The AR15, AR10. It's basically like the AR15 is a smaller platform. You know, based off like the 223 or the 556, and then the AR-10 platform is the uh, uh, 7.62x51 or the 308, right? So it just basically shoots a bigger bullet. Um, there's still you can shoot. There's a million different cartridges for both platforms, but say for instance, like the AR-15 platform, which is much more popular than the AR-10 platform, you can take. Um, like I have a bunch of AR-15s, and they're like my my little critter getter guns, right? Like so legally, you can't hunt big game in Washington with that size cartridge. It has to be 24 cal center fire or bigger. Like you, so you can shoot a deer with a 243 or a bear or an elk or whatever, but you can't shoot uh, them with uh, like a 223, right? So you can hunt small game. So mostly in Washington, that's coyotes, um, and you can shoot coyotes. So you're saying, let me just recap that for the. The guys, the 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 women and men out there that, <laughs> right. that don't understand guns, kind of like me. But right. so you're saying uh, in Washington with an AR-15, you would be able to hunt coyotes, but with the AR-10, there's it opens the field a little bit more. You can. This is going to be confusing for some people. So there's it's a like imagine. Um, so let's look at it. Look at our hands. So, like, say the AR-15 platform shoots a cartridge that's based off a pinky size ish, and then uh, people with kids will love this. Now have the AR-10 platform, and you shoot off like a middle finger size. You know, I'm flipping the flipping yeah. the radio waves off middle right finger, now. Middle yeah. finger, middle finger. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So you can shoot. Um, like there's like a six five Grendel that you can hunt with, and there's a three hundred Blackout that you can hunt with, on, and that's an on AR fifteen platform. But the case capacity is limited 
on those to a certain size, right? Because a gun can only handle so much pressure. It can only handle a cartridge so big. And then you want to bump up to the AR-10 platform, which is the two most popular cartridges there are going to be your 308, which is, you know, across the world is incredibly pretty, popular. Pretty standard. Yeah. yeah. And then as of late, the 6.5 Creedmoor has gained huge popularity. So uh, the vast majority of AR-10s that I'm doing now are in the 6.5 Creedmoor. So the the AR-10 that I just showed you that was all decked out, like I have one that has a carbon fiber barrel and it has um, like the JP low mass bolt carrier and the silent spring and adjustable gas block and all these fancy things. Um, the reason I would have that gun is because I am going to hunt with it and I'm going to go to Montana and it's, but it's basically designed to go hunt wolves over there, which I'm sure some people will give us some, some guff <laughs> on that. I am a dog lover. We got a bunch of dogs. Yeah. This is, they, I don't, I don't think of them the same way, but, um, but it's, it's a very effective tool for hunting. Um, if you, if you build them correctly, if you have the right, uh, depending on what you're hunting, the right cartridge, the right, um, when, when I, when I talk about cartridges too, like, so let's talk about the six, five Creedmoor, for instance, um, that's gained a lot of popularity cause it's a low recoil. It hits a sweet spot as far as like ballistic coefficient on the side of the bullet. Like a lot of guys are shooting 140 grain bullet that's the weight of the bullet and it's a 6.5 right so it's 6.5 millimeters in diameter so it's a very it's, it's pretty small in you know in the whole scheme of things as far as a hunting bullet goes so it's not a real big bullet but it bucks the wind really well has a high ballistic coefficient flies through the air well uh, which means it's going to be more accurate right so let the less variables you can take out of the equation it's just going to hit the same spot over and over and over so that's why a lot of guys use it for hunting um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so I'm going to use it not for elk or deer, but I'm going to use it for a wolf gun. Like say for instance, you know, I always buy a couple wolf tags when I go over there. Do you see that many wolves? No. But if I had the opportunity to, you know, it's a lot quicker follow-up shot wise than me shooting a 300 ultra mag. Number one for the recoil. Number two, cause you got to run your bolt. You know, some guys can run a bolt really, really fast, you know, a lot faster than I can. But it's just, uh, it's purpose built. It's designed to, you know, um, hopefully go out there and maybe I want to shoot a couple coyotes. Maybe I want to shoot a couple wolves, you know. If I you haven't seen anything for a while, so you just start, yeah. start taking out some coyotes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, those little stinkers. Uh, but, um, but they can be used. There's, I mean, uh, one of my good hunting buddies, the first bear he ever shot, he shot with his uh, AR-10. 308 was a cartridge it was a you know like 16 inch barrel wasn't a big huge long barrel it wasn't designed um you know for like long range shooting because that's kind of what we're known for right is to build all these long range rifles well i mean he shot a bear like 450 yards or something with this thing and is very consistent very accurate with that gun because he knows yeah. the weapon system but still uh yeah they can totally be used for hunting and there's no i mean there's just a stigma you know i mean anybody who's ever been on the internet knows that you know uh, air 15s are bad you know and it's like oh well guns aren't bad you know people are bad yeah. you know that's the problem well, without getting political too much about it um, right. what so what would you say then somebody in washington would would you say that that the amount of hunters 
in Washington would kind of lean more towards an AR-10 then? Uh, why would somebody want it? Because it sounds like you can hunt more with it right. than an AR-15. Yeah, because uh, you can hunt big game. You can hunt big game with an AR-10 platform. It's just um, like, for instance, let's compare. Um, let's say you have an AR-15 and you have an AR-10, and you want to hunt big game with them. So you need to shoot a cartridge that has a that shoots a bigger bullet, right, in diameter. Um, so we're gonna shoot. Let's pick the six-five family. So AR-10, six-five Creedmoor, which is real popular. And another popular one, an AR-15, would be a 6.5 Grendel. And so basically, it's shooting the same bullet, right? The same weight, the same size, the same length, same everything. But the actual cartridge, like the brass that is holding the bullet, mm. the, the AR-10 is going to be bigger. The AR-15 is going to be smaller. So you, the AR-10 is going to have more case capacity. You can put more powder in there. It's going to shoot that bullet faster. So that's basically the only difference. So if you want the bullet to go faster, you shoot an AR-10. If you want it to go slower, you shoot an AR-15. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just a, it's a different world for me. I've, I've just never been in that world, and I, I don't think I've been drunk enough to get into too many <laughs> political arguments about the fact that I don't ever want AR-15s in the world. Right. But I just, I've just i never understood the difference anyway, so what, what do I have the right to even talk about it, right? Um, now, when, you, when you're talking about um, – the different calibers then that's not the only type of gun you're going to take over on that hunt so then what else then wh where do you go from there so you've got some other rifles then i do uh that you're going to be that you would actually take on that that type of a hunt not right. for the wolf no so sp specifically and don't get me wrong like um like the wolf in the museum i shot with my 300 ultra mag just because that's the gun i had on me at the time and um you know it's obviously a very effective cartridge and you know it worked um but I have the um, I have the luxury to be able to have multiple guns. You don't necessarily need multiple guns. It's just I work a lot so I can make more money so I can have more guns, you know. But I enjoy shooting. I like the idea of having, you know, specific built guns. Uh, so I'll have a bolt gun, so like a bolt action gun. So every time you pull the trigger, you have to cycle a bolt versus an AR, which is semi-automatic, so it automatically loads that next round. So every time you pull the trigger... The bolt comes back, ejects the spent shell, grabs a new one, loads it. Then you got to pull the trigger again to make it go off again, right? So my main hunting gun is a 300 Ultra Mag bolt action gun. Uh, shoots a shoots a much larger projectile. Uh, I'm very comfortable with that gun. I've shot it a lot. It shoots very well. It shoots very far, and it shoots a big, heavy bullet, which causes a bunch of damage. So uh, I think we've spoke about this before, but one of the reasons I started building rifles um was because i couldn't get what i wanted out of a factory gun as far as accuracy uh like knockdown power clean kills like it's uh you know people always ask me like you know why do you like to hunt and what about this and what about that and, oh you kill all these things and and the killing is not you know that's it's not a part that i enjoy i think it's difficult for me um and that if you ever wound an animal, which if you hunt long enough, you're going to wound an animal. And then you realize, like, it's, I mean, it's a terrible, terrible feeling. So part of the reason to have these super precision guns is I don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, I know my limitations. I know where my gun's going to shoot. I know how to read wind and elevation and temperature. And I know, you know, what, you know, when I pull that trigger, I got 4,400 foot-pounds of energy coming out the end of my barrel, you know, versus maybe someone who's shooting a smaller caliber, lighter bullet 
going slower, you know, you have that you have less energy, right? Which causes less damage, you know. Um, so I feel like that being my main hunting gun, I'm 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 confident that even if I shoot like a big bear or an elk or something like that, thing's gonna die very quickly. Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> You've probably been punched in the face before. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy and I work with a bunch of rough, rough guys. And, um, you know, it's like getting hit in the face, like how your face goes numb, like you don't feel it right away. It's the same type of thing. Like, you know, if you if you have a good shot placement on an animal, I know it's because I've been shot before, uh, that it's like getting hit in the face. You know, everything goes numb. You don't feel it right away. And that's, that's the point is, you know, you want – you're going to harvest this animal. You want to make sure it doesn't suffer. You want to make a good shot. You want to make, uh, you know, people talk about ethical shots. And I think that, you know, if you can hunt with a huge cartridge like that, um, you know, so the animal's just going to die faster. So on a bigger animal, you know, on smaller, it's like I said, that's why it's like we're talking about different guns we're going to build and bring to Montana. They're cartridge specifics. Like that 6.5, wolves aren't that big, you know. Say a wolf is 80 pounds maybe. You know, an elk is 600 pounds, or big bulls 800 pounds, uh, or I bring a 22, a 22 long rifle. Uh, they got a bunch of rabbits there. Rabbits are delicious. You know, I usually eat a couple of rabbits a year when I go over there. So I have a 22 long rifle, and we'll go whack a couple of rabbits with a 22. Well, that, yeah, that's exactly kind of what I was talking about. So you're actually going to have even more calibers. Oh, I, so, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're and each one is you know, specific for a task, right? So if I, if I know I'm going to go and sit on a hillside and call for wolves, there's not going to be, as soon as I start blowing. How do you call for a wolf? So, so for instance, <laughs> you have a predator call, right? So I have these little mouth calls. It's the worst thing in the world. Uh, elk will not stick around. So it's basically like, it sounds like a dying rabbit. And if you ever heard a dying rabbit, so we have lots of coyotes here. Uh, well, coyotes are everywhere, right? So if you have rabbits and you listen and if you live long enough and you pay attention, you're going to hear a coyote eating a rabbit. And it is a terrible sound. Terrible. Scream. Like a cat in heat or a cat. Oh, in my God. Yeah. Screaming. And this it's it's nauseating. So I have these calls to make these noises. And so basically <laughs> you sit on a hillside and blow on this thing like crazy. And as soon as you do... You don't have to worry about elk hunting because every elk or every deer or every, you know, non-predator uh, is going to be out of the area. But it'll bring in wolves. It'll bring in coyotes. It'll bring in badgers. It'll bring in. So for all my hiking friends that don't like hunters. <laughs> right. <laughs> go get right. yourself one of these calls. <laughs> right. Right. If you want to scare the deer and the elk, that is the way to go. Although you will probably call in a cougar or a bear or something. We'll probably try and come and eat you. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that unless you're carrying a handgun and have a tag in your pocket. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, I think that's part of the fun about going over there is I, you know, like, a, like I said, I'll, so I'll bring a couple different types of guns and they'll each have a purpose and I can go out with those. Like I, I, in my mindset, okay, today I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go elk hunting in the morning and then midday I'm going to go call for wolves and then I'm going to go like on a rabbit hunt tonight cause I want to fry up some rabbit. And so I have all these fun different things that I can go do. You know, it's not just like, it's not, uh, you know, we're just elk hunting and if something comes out, great. You know, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty purposeful and specific when I go out. Now don't get me wrong. If I'm out rabbit hunting 
and an elk comes by and I only have a 22, that's really going to suck because you're not going to kill an elk with a 22. And somebody might say, oh, my grandpa killed an elk with a 22. Yeah. Don't shoot an elk with a 22. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, and that person, did they go through and, and feel the hide? Right. There's probably all kinds of holes. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got a, tha- a thousand rounds of a 22. You turn into a sprinkler, I guess. But, um, Plus, uh, your grandpa lied. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. know what to tell you. <laughs> your grandpa's full of shit. Um, but, yeah, so different, you know, different types of guns that shoot different types of cartridges for different purposes. Now you can have like a you know I could shoot a rabbit with a 300 ultra mag, and I could shoot a wolf with a 300. Mm-hmm. I have right. Uh, I think I said this before. You know you can't you can't kill something enough, right? You can't kill something too dead. Uh, especially you know I would never I would I I always worry about undergunning or you know having a misplay shot or something have something suffer. Like that's not the point of that, um, and that will ruin a hunt for not only you, but for anyone else that's going to be with you. Cause it's like I said, it's a terrible, terrible thing. Um, it hasn't happened a lot, but you know, there's a reason that I have all this equipment and I have all this stuff and I spend all this time and like tomorrow I'm going to go out to the range and I'll do some more load development because I, you know, maybe, maybe I have a gun that shoots three quarters of a minute, but that's not acceptable. You know, I want something that shoots, you know, quarter minute groups. That way when I, you know, you shoot at, whatever range you're going to be shooting at, you know exactly, okay, it's always going to be in that kill zone. Maybe if I have a little wind, you know, it's going to affect it X amount, but I have, the tolerances are so tight that I'm going to have less of a chance of wounding something. So. Wow. And uh, so when you go over there now, I'm kind of curious because over here, everybody, everybody always talks about in Washington. They're like, well, if you're going to go, uh, you know, hunting deer, you better might as well, might as well have your, your cougar, your bear, you know, all these kind of tags. So, when you're heading over to Montana, um, or Colorado, I'm sorry, Colorado, Montana, you're right. Montana. Uh, I was for some reason ever since grade school, I've always gotten those two confused. Um, I've been to both states too, but uh, anyway, um, you're heading over to Montana. Mm-hmm. You know what? What kind of tags are you gonna have on your person? Uh, so I, you buy the big game combo, so you put in for it's a draw. Um, so with that, you get uh, for a thousand bucks, you get. Uh, a deer license, a general deer license, which means you can shoot uh, a buck deer, either a whitetail or a mule deer, anywhere in the state. Most anywhere in the state. There's some areas that are j- draw only, but there's few and far between. And same thing with elk, uh, bull elk, um, which is awesome compared to this state because you got to get drawn for a bull elk in a lot of parts of the state. Yeah. And then uh, you get a fishing license, and you get like a small game license, so you can go shoot. Uh, all kinds of critters like I can shoot rabbits and I can shoot uh, badgers or coyotes or I think even uh, some birds and stuff like grouse and stuff like that. Um, so it's like a smorgasbord, right? So you can go over there. If you're if you're a really good hunter, you didn't wouldn't need, you didn't need to bring any food. You know, you just go over there. And, <laughs> you know, first day you go shoot a rabbit, and then you know the next day you gotta try and go shoot your deer type of deal. Uh, but I bu- I'll buy wolf tags too. You know, so I typically buy multiple wolf tags. Uh, even if I don't get them, you know, it's always going to a good cause, you know, fishing game. It's there. Sure. <laughs> if you've ever been to Montana, it's big, man. It's really big. And those guys are, you know, you see the game wardens driving around in their trucks and it's like, uh, you know, they're making this 500 mile loop, you know, and they're just normal guys like you and me, you know, both of us drive a lot for work and, um, 
you know, you're putting your hours in and, you know, I think some hunters are, you know, oh, game wardens are jerks just out there to write you tickets. Like, oh, they're just doing their job, yeah. man. They're just trying they only to write jerks tickets. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're, yeah. They're just, they're just out there to do a job, keep the peace, you know, make sure that everyone's obeying the law, which, you know, if everyone obeyed the law, everything would be great. But unfortunately, you know, there's people that don't, you know, you can see guys ripping off rounds from the side of the freeway and crap like that. So, you know, someone's got to be there to stop those guys. So, um, but, uh, yeah, if you if you ever get the chance, it's kind of, you know, and uh, any out-of-state hunt I think is hard for people because it's time away from work, which is money, and then the travel costs and all these things, so it's it's not a cheap thing to do. So when I go there, I I really put in a lot of research to say, okay, I have a good chance of shooting a deer and an elk and some rabbits, maybe a wolf, you know, so I'll have all of those tags. You can buy a bear tag while you're over there. I've never seen a black bear in the area that I hunt. Really? Yeah. So otherwise, I would probably buy a tag. Um, a lot of wolves. So wolves and bears don't get along. So typically, oh, okay. uh, they'll, ru- they'll run them out. Uh, there are a few uh, brown bears in that area, or grizzly bears. Um, I've only seen a grizzly once there. It was terrifying. But, uh, you, you know. You never shot a grizzly. No. No, you know, is that a whole separate tag? Too? Uh, we legally you can't right now. Not in the, oh, not in Montana. No, not in the lower forty-eight. Uh, they're go- speaking of that'll be a whole podcast going back and forth about like delisting mm. the grizzly, and then it went back, and uh, it's just tied up in the courts. It's all legal nonsense. Yeah. But um, I'd like to see them. You know, it's you know the you're a meat eater guy, right? Mm-hmm. So they t- they kind of talk about this like the 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 whole point of having something go on the endangered species list is recovery, right? So a healthy population sure. to, you know, flourish. And like, say, for instance, if, you know, if it's an edible critter, you know, hopefully we get to a surplus to where, you know, we can manage those appropriately. You know, I would love to go shoot, a, you know, grizzly bear in Montana and have grizzly bear sausage in my freezer right now. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, but th- I just don't, you know, I don't know, I, to be completely honest, I don't know enough about it. You know, I don't, I haven't put in enough research. I don't, you know, I'm sure someone will chime in and say, Hey, you know, dummy, get on the internet <laughs> and, you know, five minutes on the internet, you'll know. But, um, I, I know for sure that, um, I got a bunch of buddies that hunt like in Wyoming. My uncle goes there all the time and he went hunting there last year, the last year, or this year, it was last year. And when they got into camp, there was a helicopter flying over. And a guide, a uh, hunting guide, had just got killed by a grizzly bear, had a client out there. And uh, anyways, there's, there's tons and tons and tons and tons of grizzlies there mm. in, in Wyoming where he hunts. So um, having a tag there seems appropriate to me. I don't see why you wouldn't, you know, manage a population that's, you know, flourished like that to where, you know, if if there's if they're eating people, you know, kind of seems reasonable. Maybe yeah, kind of like cougars and yeah yeah maybe, maybe we should bring back the dogs well anyway like you said that's a whole nother yeah that's a whole nother whole right. discussion but yeah um you know back to the back to the different guns and things yeah uh, I, I i love talking about all this stuff so it's, it's fun to jump around okay uh but but to sort of try to stay on topic right uh so what else so your 22 rifle your uh 350 mag Right, three three hundred ultra mag, three hundred ultra mag, right? Uh, and then and then your AR ten. Are you bringing anything else with you on this hunt? Probably, uh, <laughs> just because um, 
So, so uh, for the people at home, we're in Western Washington. If you've ever been to Western Washington, uh, like we basically live in a rainforest. Uh, everything is uh, especially today. Yeah, especially <laughs> today. Uh, you know, we're surrounded by massive, huge evergreens. Everything is the ma- the vast majority of trees down here are evergreen trees, and it's it's thick and dense, and uh, there's not a lot of areas to shoot over here. And you know, having a rifle building company that you know specifically builds long range rifles, it's kind of tough because there's not, I mean, unless you have a ton of money or, um, you drive to Eastern Washington, you know, that those are the only ways to shoot long range. So I'll probably take a couple extra guns. I always bring a backup gun too. Uh, for the reason I was just telling you about my buddy ran over my rifle one year with his pickup truck. So mm. I'll always bring a backup gun. Well, especially cause I mean, you're talking about a month, right? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, a month and a half. It's a long time to go without about without a rifle. Oh you know, my back gosh, man! Yeah, and it's uh, and like I said, it's grizzly country, you know. And uh, for people, for people out there, you know, a lot of people uh, that listen to your Cascade Hiker podcast will know that when you see a grizzly bear in the wild, it is. I don't care who you are. That's scary. I mean, they're huge. They are massive. You are not on their level. Hmm. You are a food item to a grizzly bear. And you know, and people at home, I'm a big guy. Rudy's even bigger than me, and Rudy's still food to a grizzly bear. So it's, uh, you know, it's it's super scary. So having having um, having a backup rifle that is, hopefully, like I'll bring. So my main hunting rifle is a 300 Ultra Mag, right? So it's a very large cartridge, large case capacity, like it holds 100 grains of powder, right? And it shoots a two like I'm shooting 210 grain bullets, and I'm gonna actually gonna do some load development for some 215s and some 230s. So the bullet's just getting bigger and heavier, and what that means is uh, it's gonna have more energy, right? And so more energy hopefully will cause some more damage, you know, hmm. cleaner, quicker kills, right? So if you're shooting a little tiny bullet that doesn't have a whole lot of energy when it hits something, it's like the difference between throwing a baseball and throwing a bowling ball at someone, you know what would you rather get hit with? Like, I'd rather get hit with a baseball. You know, I don't want to get hit with a bowling ball, you know, especially if it's going about the same speed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I'll bring an extra th- 300 Ultra Mag. Uh, I got a couple 6.5s that I built, and those are just kind of fun guns to shoot because they're not. What's the 6.5? So the 6.5 Creedmoor is that same, that AR-10 that oh, I was showing right, you. right, right, right. So I have a couple of those AR-10s in 6.5, and then I'm actually building – a uh i got a prototype right now i'm building for a uh super ultralight mountain gun so it's going to be a very short barreled carbon fiber barrel very small short light carbon fiber stock and uh so i i might uh most likely i'll bring that over do some r and i'll let some of the guys pack it around check it out give some feedback things like that and the same thing i do with a lot of the rifles that i build you know so i might drag over a couple three four different kinds of guns and say hey you know, we have a pretty decent sized camp. So I say, Hey, take this gun out and check this out and shoot this and feel that. Don't break it. It's expensive. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no kidding. yeah, I, I got another random question kind of yeah. off the topic of the caliber, but mm-hmm. um, something that really kind of concerns me sometimes when I go out, well, I shouldn't say it concerns me because I've corrected my problem, but in the hiking community, I know there's mm-hmm. a big problem with break-ins at trailheads and things. Oh, yeah. Um, so when you're talking about all these different guns and things, and mm-hmm. do, you, do you typically, when you go in this big camp, you just said there's a bunch of guys at camp and stuff. Right. Do you guys kind of make sure somebody's always there? Or 
Uh, because, I mean, man, you got all these guns, and there's a lot of money there. Right. People know that, right? Right, yeah. Specifically. So yeah. How, how do you, in the back of your mind, are you ever worried about that? You know, there's. I know there's some very small, I think, isolated incidents where people will go in and, you know, there's there's maybe a specific area um, that would get broken into or people get stolen. I better knock on wood right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, you know, honestly, going to Montana where I hunt, I'm in the middle of nowhere. It's a different mindset, you know. It's a different yeah. culture of people, you know. Um, I would be, I would be absolutely shocked if someone ever came to our camp and tried to steal something, you know, for for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, just where we hunt in the surrounding cities, it's all very, it's like a agricultural farmer esque. Don't make, don't get me wrong. I know there's, it does, you know, there's always a bad apple in every batch, and I'm sure there's. Yeah, bad we were just there. talking about that earlier. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like the going. Town's to, worse than my town. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like going to downtown Seattle. You know, you go to downtown Seattle, and you're going to see heroin addicts and needles and junk like that. That's a guaranteed. You're going to see that. You would never see that where I go hunting, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just removing that from the equation. So, not only that. But yeah, I mean, we got, I mean, with the trailers and the trucks, I mean, we have hundreds of thousands of dollars of yeah. stuff, right? So you could just go and steal and, hey, that's a great, you know, great idea. They're going to follow me to Montana now. But something yeah. else they got to realize is, you know, and this is just me thinking like, I would think like, okay, well, maybe they don't know who we are, right? But you got to figure all those guys got guns, right? And I'm afraid of getting shot. I've been shot once, and it was a 22, and it hurt like a son of a gun. I had a surgery, get a bullet out, the whole deal, right? Can you imagine? If you get shot with a 300 Ultra Mag, you're not walking away from that. It's either blowing a leg off or you're dying. Mm. Like, And and I don't think that, you know, if someone's stealing my stuff, I'm not going to kill them, obviously. But, you know, it's 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 always in the back of your mind. Like, if you when you go into hunt, even like when we drive through another hunting camp, you always got to be respectful because you don't want to run into a crazy person because everybody has guns, right? And... You never hear about, you know, hunting camps getting in shootouts and people dying, right? Yeah. Like you hear about school shootings and stuff like that um, because those are, you know, sick people that are doing bad things. But, you know, it's just – it's a different culture. Like the the people that are there – like people look out. Like I've had uh, – like I, I left a cooler out one time open and I came back and it was closed. Well, no, hey, close your cooler, man, you know. It's like stuff like that, you know, one, one bear missing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, when I used to hunt Winthrop, you know, every once in a while you'd be driving down a gravel road in the middle of nowhere and there'd be a truck there half pulled off the road with the door open. Cause a guy saw a deer jumped out and then chased a the deer out in the woods and, you know, maybe got too far. Away. So, you know, you go in, you turn his truck off, you shut the door, you know, like, uh, it's just, I think it's a different mentality. Like I said, it's a totally different culture and, um, you know, it's just removing yourself from the from the bad element. You know, if you go if you go to the prison, there's going to be bad people, and you go to the middle of Montana, most likely you're going to run into a lot of good people. So, right on. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we'll end it there for now. Okay. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Please rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram at I Will Hunt Podcast. Same on Facebook and Twitter. Check out the website at IWillHunt.com. And you can always send us ideas or feedback. I will hunt podcast at gmail.com. This episode featured Chris Cantrell. Follow him on Instagram at Cantrell Outdoors. Thanks to Jack Mattingly and the Whiskey Fever for creating the theme song for the show. Check them out at reverbnation.com slash whiskey fever.
Tell me who you see there waiting in the grass Silent like a graveyard lakes a sheet of glass And I will hunt till I find what I'm looking for And I will hunt from the heartland to the shore I may not find nothing and my rifle turns to rust But I will hunt